Hello, and welcome to a new episode of From the Honeycomb, a podcast that creates a spark of positive energy. Here we discuss all things architecture and design, to travel, exploring Vastu Shastra with a modern approach, and I connect with other like-minded women to share their story. I am your host, Katerina Burianova, and welcome to From the Honeycomb. And welcome to today's episode, which I am very excited to be sitting down and recording because today I will be sharing the first few months of what entrepreneurship has been like for me. And if you've been you know, listening to the podcast, you're part of my newsletter, you follow me on social media, you kind of know that it's what's, it's been leading up to the path of entrepreneurship for me. And yeah, so grab a good, you know, cup of coffee, cup of tea, get a drink, get cozy, because I'm going to just kind of share the story of the last few months. And I've got no notes, so hopefully I don't forget to mention everything. But yeah, let's get comfortable and I will tell you all about the last few months of my entrepreneurship journey. But before we begin, and as we begin every episode, we like to take a moment to sit down and think of something that we are grateful for. Actually, maybe you're not sitting, so maybe you're listening to this as you're walking. So <laughs> scratch the sit down. Pretend, don't even pretend. So it's been a minute since I've had to share something I'm grateful for. I'm a little rusty. Take a moment to think of something that we are grateful for in the present moment. So let's take that moment and I want to share something with you that I'm very grateful for in the present moment. And it's going to come up later in the episode, but what I'm really grateful for is, and it's official, but like unofficial, the contract hasn't been signed, but I pretty much have signed my first client up as of yesterday. And I am just over the moon, so thrilled on day two of working for myself. I have a signed contract and I also have another project underway, which I will tell you all about very, very shortly, but I'm just so, so, so excited and so grateful that I have signed a project so soon and it's, I'm just beyond, beyond grateful. It's a great client, great contractor, which that is sometimes very hard to get right off the bat. So I'm very excited. It's a small project, just a deck repair, but because it's oceanfront, it'll require a lot of submittal through the California Coastal Commission, also through the city of Laguna Beach, which has a lot of challenges to get anything processed through that city. So I'm super excited though. It's just a small little deck repair, and but it is just... I'm excited. It's kind of crazy. Like it's, this is my client. Like they've entrusted me to process plans and it's, I don't know, I'm having a very, I feel like such an adult right now. Like this is the first time I feel like, wow, I am an adult. Like I have my own firm. I do everything myself now. And for the first time ever, it just, I don't know, it feels like I'm actually an adult. Like this is like huge. I have no, I'm my own boss. Like I don't have that kind of that safety net of a company, but I don't know. I just feel like just a huge adult having an adult moment right now. So it only took until I was 31 years old to feel like an adult. So there you have it. All right, so let's go back a few months. Almost, okay, so the beginning of 2023. Let's go back a little further. So in November of last year, I became a licensed architect in the state of California, which means now I can practice architecture in the state of California as a licensed architect. I can stamp drawings, et cetera, et cetera. So I have my license. And my thought is in 2023, I will incorporate and eventually have my own firm. How that's all going to look, had no idea. 
going into 2023, just knew like maybe by summertime, I'll have an idea of when I'll get established and incorporated and costing upfront money. Because when you start your own architecture firm, there are multiple ways you can go as far as setting up your business. You can be a sole proprietor, which means it's just you starting the company and Essentially, there's less protection if someone were to sue you, like your assets are more liable for, I'm trying to see if I can explain this, but you don't have as much protection. Like you, you are the company. Then there's ways you can incorporate. So you can be an S-corp and a C-corp. And there's benefits to each of them. I am an S-corp. There's some tax benefits, for example. So I'm a corporation. So when people pay me, they pay my corporation. They don't pay me. So as a sole proprietor, you get paid yourself, not the corporation. So for me, I am CEO of my company. I'm also the treasurer, the secretary, the vice president, president, (laughs) all of those roles, but I have a corporation. So I knew going into this, I wanted to incorporate because if something were to happen, I have kind of that corporate veil that will protect me if ever someone was going to sue me. I know I'm not doing justice on how this is all, all these positions are really defined. Um, It definitely also depends on where you're starting a company as well. In the state of California, architects cannot be LLCs, so limited liability companies. In other states, I know that you can't. You can have an architecture firm be an LLC. Why California doesn't allow it, I don't know. But that's a whole episode. Just want to let you know why I ended up choosing S-Corp. So I'm an S-Corporation. So I knew all of that would require setting up and, you know, money up. And so I knew, okay, I should start saving up some money for when this happens. So come January, I have a meeting with my boss at my full-time job, the firm I work for, worked for, which as you know, if you listen to my growth episode, you know, I worked there. But back in January, we sat down and we kind of started talking about projects coming up for the year. And he kind of asked about, you know, what about family planning? What is my kind of thought process on that? Because as he starts to line projects up, he wants to know what my availability will be in X amount of months. Now, First off, one thing I do want to say, public announcement, is it is very inappropriate, obviously, to ask any couple if they are trying to conceive or what their plans are. So I was a little taken aback, but from a business, put on my business hat when we were having that conversation. And I knew, I understood, like, he needs to know, you know, are we thinking about having a kid or not? Or is that on the on the plan because of how he wants to line up plans for the future or projects for the future? Also keeping in mind, my boss was 82 years old. So there's a different you know, window of how long I'll probably be working there, what kind of project we'll be taking on. So we started to have this conversation in January. And that conversation kind of fueled me to go, you know what? I should jump on this incorporation thing a little sooner than, you know, sooner rather than later. And Jesse came home one day, my husband, and we started talking and he goes, you know what? Because we keep our finances separate, which is another just tidbit thing. So you have that information. So we keep our finances very separate. He has his bank account. I have my bank account. And so, you know, I was looking at my bank account. I'm like, you know, I don't know if I could swing this incorporation thing. You know, I'm, maybe I should like borrow some money or something. And so actually the day I was having that thought, Jesse came home and he goes, you know what? I'm going to help you get incorporated. He's like, let me just cover it. Like whatever, we'll figure out how you're going to pay me back and all that. But let's get you incorporated because it's better if you get started now rather than we just sit here waiting for you to save up money. So I was like, you know what? I was just thinking about too, like, what am I going to do? Like how, like I have a feeling I need to get started on this sooner. 
So by February 6th, I was incorporated. I met with an accountant, I met with a CPA, and we established my corporation. So I had all the documents signed. The great thing about this and why it went so quick is Jesse incorporated last year with his construction company. So I actually already knew the paperwork. I knew the people, I knew what to expect. So that really expedited the process for me because yeah, last year when he was setting up his company, you know, I told him, I said, and, and as his wife, I had to sign paperwork legally saying, I understand that my husband is is opening up a corporation. So in the state of California, they required the partner's signature. So he signed for me, I signed for him. But last year when he was incorporating, I actually went down and met with the accountant and because they, they're actually like an hour, hour and a half away from us. So we're very particular about them, but they're just, it's just a great office. And they work kind of similarly, like how I'm very organized, Jesse's very organized. So it's very, we see ourselves in them, but in a different industry, like we have really good accountants now, you know, we're really good architects and contractors. So I really liked working with them already, just seeing how they handled Jesse's account. And so I already kind of knew what I was expecting, what paperwork. So really within two and a half, three weeks, I was incorporated, which is huge. And so that was February. I had all the incorporation, all the paperwork ready. I got all the fees put together. And then March, my goal was, okay, so I'm incorporated now. I have a business, but my business, how would I get paid? So in March, I spent time researching what kind of banks I could use for my business account. I also wanted to switch. I have um, Chase in the U.S. I have Chase Bank. Wasn't really happy with them on a few things, just not really into using Chase anymore. So I did some shopping around as in, you know, so thinking about like what banks would work for me, especially for having a business account. I ended up going with Wells Fargo, which I'm very happy with. And so I had a meeting with them and set up my personal account, business account, had all of that established. And... I do want to, before I forget, is when they sent out my name to be incorporated. So that's also, let me back up. When you're picking your name for your corporation, my accounting office, my accountant's office asked me to put in three, like my top choice, second choice, third choice, because they're going to submit my first choice to make sure that the name is available, which I'm Katarina Brianova Architecture, Inc. I knew probably there's like no chance anybody would have that. So then I don't remember what my two other options were, but when that was submitted, they actually spelled my last name wrong. It was my last name. They put two N's in Brianova. And so I got the paperwork saying like, yep, you're established. Here's like your, all your numbers and everything. So when you go to the bank, this is the paperwork that you need. And I'm looking at the name and I'm making sure my name is, I always check that my name is spelled right. So I'm checking, I'm like, Katarina, good. I kind of look at architecture. I'm like, yeah, that's good. Cause I know that's a long one too. And then I see that Brianova has a double N and I'm kind of looking at it. I'm like, cause it goes right next to the R and the N the I and the A-N. And I'm looking at it. I'm like, this looks really off. So they put an extra N in my name. That had to get revised and changed, which it did very quickly. But when I went to sit down at the bank and, you know, they said, you know, what's your company name? And I said, here, just look at my ID. It's Katarina Brianova Architecture. And he goes, okay, got it. And so he puts it in and right away my business came up in, I don't remember what, it's called something. My name comes up in it. It's like the, isn't it like the Secretary of State? Okay, if you're coming to this podcast thinking you're, I'm going to help you set up your entrepreneur, like your company, I guess I should have prefaced that. I could have done more research. Maybe I'll put together an episode about like how to start a company, but then it's so specific to the state. I don't know if it would be worthwhile. But anyway, let's go back on topic. I'm sitting at the bank 
And he goes, oh, what was your company before this? I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, I see there was like an amendment. Like, and I said, oh yeah, they spelled my name wrong. He's like, oh, that's why you gave me your ID. I'm going to make sure I spelled your name right. I said, yep, yep, yep. So anyway, opened up a bank account in March and had all of that up and running. And I was like, okay, boom, March, I've got, I'm incorporated everything. I'm ready. Like April, how am I going to get, then I'm like, how am I going to freaking get clients? So spent lots of April, like social networking, my office that I worked for, we did a trip to Arizona to look at, to go to a manufacturer company. Can't really say here on the podcast what it was, but went there. So that was good networking and just, yeah, had a lot of networking, had a lot of social family events that month. So that really drained my energy to focus on my company, but I was able to kind of just think about referrals, referrals, like how am I going to get referrals? By the end of April, I had a few contacts and got referred to one project that didn't end up happening because the client put it on hold for some reason, was just thinking about it, but it didn't go anywhere. And then come May, I the beginning of May, I got I started getting more and more referrals. And if you're starting out a business as an architect, trying to get clients, there's so many ways you can can go about it. There was also, if you're familiar with house.com, H-O-U-Z-Z.com, I reached out to them to see if I could market on their website because I thought, how am I going to market my company? So I reached out to house.com. They had a sales rep call me and try to sell me on using house. And the thing with house is they can build your website. They can help you with invoicing. They can do all sorts of stuff for you, but they were asking $400 a month for marketing fees. And the girl was, who's like the rep essentially from house was like, yeah, so what's like your marketing budget? And I said, $0. She's like, oh yeah, I don't know how we're going to be able to help you with that. So they were offering me $400 a month to have my name on their website, but also a lot of other things were included with that, that I didn't need. I already had my website built, which That's something also I worked on in February and March, getting a a website build. I think by April, I went live with it. I'm pretty sure, yeah. Yeah, by April, I was, the website was live. So I I knew that. I also got business cards in April because I was like, that's, again, so there's ways you can, going back to house. So house was just way too much. It didn't really seem like it would work for me. Nextdoor.com, I signed up for that. That was free. You can just say you're a company and Nextdoor is kind of an, it's a website for your neighborhood. So you put in your zip code and you can be there as a business. You can, and you kind of see people post stuff about what's happening in the neighborhood. And I mean, really honestly, like I go on it and everybody's just posting photos of like their dogs and the sunset. So, but there is a way, you know, I saw somebody was looking for an architect. So I commented on their post, even though it was from a few months ago, like, Hey, if you're looking for someone, so figured I could possibly get my name out that way. So that was kind of an approach I took as well. Kind of a more passive approach, I would say, because you just, you know, I put my name out there on, on these web on next door and kind of hoped, you know, it would hopefully bring traffic to even my website, things like that, but never really got any leads from that. But then, so again, in April, I also made business cards. And so I was doing all of these little things in the background, I guess, throughout April and May. And then beginning of May, like I said, I started getting referrals. And what I, how I got those referrals was 
really putting myself out there and telling everybody at this point that I have my own company. I'm incorporated. I'm ready to like, I'm set. I'm ready to go. So I made calls to structural engineer I work with. I talked to contractors I've worked with. There was a project wrapping up. And so I talked to that contractor and definitely was having more and more of those conversations. Okay. We're going to jump back to March because I just remembered something. So then in March, if you remember back in January, I had the conversation with my boss about kind of the future and what that would entail. And back in January, I, because my boss, I wanted to make sure I did everything in kind of a diplomatic approach, very transparent about starting a company, not trying to, you know, be like, oh, I'm going to try and get our projects, you know, just very like, hey, I'd like to start my own company. He was very supportive of it. And, you know, I said, eventually I'd like to go part-time, da-da-da. So he's like, okay, sounds good. We'll just keep me posted. So once March came around and I had a business account, I had a bank account and I was incorporated, I sat down with my boss again and told him, hey, here's kind of my game plan. Like, does this work? You know, I was seeing what kind of projects we weren't signing up any projects actually at this point at the firm. And so I was like, you know, I've got two projects ending this spring, kind of looking at fall, but I was like, I'd like to stay on. And then in the fall, make the transition to part-time. He's like, okay, sounds good. Sounds good. Like fall. I said, yeah, I need to save up a little bit just to make that transition. And so that was kind of the plan. So then in May, like I said, going back to my referrals, I started me- telling everybody because I was like, okay, got to get my word out there. It's not going to happen so fast. So maybe by summer, I'll have a project or two that'll get me towards that fall deadline of like, okay, then I'll go part time. I'll save up money, you know, making sure I have this stable income. So, yeah, I was telling everybody about I'm licensed. So, calling structural engineers, calling contractors talking to just talking to everybody really just getting your your name out there and just telling like literally just telling everybody like my esthetician knew that I was licensed and working and ready to go like you never know and this was a great advice I read from Bryn Young who's also has been on the podcast from Be Young Design she has a great few posts on her blog blog posts that I read through and one of them was like how to get yourself kind of out there and she's like you have to tell everybody like you never know who's going to need an architect. It could be whoever the person you're telling, their sister may need an architect or you just, so I just started telling everybody and I got started to get like a little bit of momentum going. I had a meeting with a contractor for a potential, you know, deck repair, just very small. I ended up meeting with another contractor to possibly do a remodel in another city. And then I got another meeting with another contractor doing a walkthrough. And this was kind of like the beginning of May. And I'm like, okay, wow. And then I started to realize, how in the world am I going to balance working full time and then trying to take phone calls, do site visits? Because in my head, when I was thinking about going part time, I was thinking, okay, on the weekends, in the mornings, I'm going to do all my drawings. I'm going to do all that. It never occurred to me to think about when are you going to meet with contractors? When are you going to go to the city to submit plans? When are you going to make phone calls? Like people aren't going to be taking your phone calls at 4.30 in the morning when you're working on your drawings. And so started to realize, okay, I am taking some phone calls. I started getting, you know, a few short checks for a few short weeks at my firm because I was like, wow, I just took an hour long phone call. You know, I try to take it during lunch went a little longer and I'm like, oh, I got to meet with this person and this person. So I was like, okay, well, maybe as I start to figure out my hourly rate, 
all account for this time that I'm not spending at my full-time job, which at my full-time job, I barely had any work actually to work on because certain projects were wrapping up and I only had like really two projects that I could work on. And so I wasn't really fully busy at work when all of a sudden my own company started to take off. And so, but I did a very good, you know, I tried to make sure I didn't work on my my KBA, which is Katarina Brain of Architecture. So KBA is my firm. I didn't work on KBA stuff while I was at, you know, working at my firm. And I really tried to separate the two as much as possible. But yeah, phone calls came in, texts came in, you know, hey, I know so-and-so is looking for someone. So I started to kind of through referrals, through connections, hey, so-and-so, you know, we're too busy. This is a project you can take on, which keeping in mind when you're starting off in architecture, you kind of have to like leave your ego behind and realize that you're going to get like the projects nobody wants and the smallest projects. And you're not, I'm not, you know, I knew that going in right away. I'm not going to get brand new house, you know, on the coast. It's going to be gorgeous. It's going to be amazing. Like, no, I knew I was going to get small little remodels or additions or like a deck repair, you know, very, very simple, but it does require a lot of paperwork to be submitted through the city, through the coastal commission, like I mentioned. So even though it's a small project, it still does require an architect. And so started getting a little bit of momentum. And then (laughs) one day in May, when I started, had a conversation with a contractor and he's like, yeah, I'd like to bring you to this client's house. They're going to do an interior remodel. Do you have a website? I'm like, yep. And he's like, okay, do you have any sort of like, what's your portfolio look like? And this is where I kind of got stuck. And I said, I don't have a portfolio. I said, I just am now transitioning to being on my own. So unfortunately, I don't have a portfolio. Which means like, well, there's nothing you can like show, like from projects that you've worked on or anything like on the side. And I said, no, I don't really have anything. And so I was like, well, let me see if I can talk to my boss about possibly photographing because I have so many photographs of all the projects I've worked on. Let me see if I can talk to him about letting me use that. Because again, I wanted to be honest, transparent, and also the work I've been working on isn't my work. It's not my designs. So I don't want to say that they're my designs. So I sat down with my boss and I said, hey, you know, I'm interviewing for a potential project and they were wondering about my portfolio. So I wanted to talk to you about potential projects that I could use to, you know, show off like my portfolio work. He's like, okay. He's like, yeah, I've been meaning to talk to you about that. I can't like, he's like, let me finish this up. And I got a meeting to go to tomorrow morning. Let's reconvene. And I want to talk to you about that. I was like, oh, okay. Um, yeah. Okay. Sounds good. So let's reconvene. And so in my head, I'm just like, okay, I wonder what he's going to tell me. Cause I told him, you know, I told him, I said, you know, I don't want any copyright infringement, things like that. He's like, yeah, that's not what I'm worried about. He's like, let's reconvene tomorrow. I want to talk to you about that. So I was like, okay. So During this period, I was actually putting together a proposal and a contract for a small deck repair project. And so that was kind of a good little first go at like putting together a proposal and estimate. So that was all kind of happening. So the following day, I go into the office. I'm like, okay, you know, we'll meet. This will be great. Like we're going to, you know, he's going to say I can use whatever I want or whatever. Then the more I thought about it, I realized I don't necessarily want to show off the houses that I've worked on at this firm because they're not my designs. They're not, this wasn't my concept. This wasn't, I didn't choose this detail. I didn't choose this color of stucco. I didn't choose this, you know, layout. Not like, so I started to think about, I'm like, you know, this isn't really, this doesn't, I mean, I don't know what project I would show because I was just a project manager. 
I mean, I could show the client construction documents I worked on. I could show them that I was very organized with my submittal process and I got this submitted and this submitted. But really, I didn't really, it's not really my project. It's my boss's project. So I was like, well, let's see, you know, let's see what he says. And so we sit down and this is, yeah, middle of May. And he goes, yeah, so I'm looking at all the projects, you know, coming in, which we didn't have any. Some projects were put on hold. And and he says, he's like, I just can't keep you busy. So starting June 1st, I'm going to have to put you on part time. And I'm like, um, okay, that's in two weeks. <laughs> he's like, yep, yep, yep. I just, you know, June 1st, um, just got to, yeah, I got to put you on part time. So I'm like, okay. I said, you know, two weeks is quite a quick time. Is it possible to request a month just to be able to get everything kind of put together? And he goes, you know, I just, I I don't see it that happening. Um, So just June 1st. I'm like, okay. So I was a little shell shocked. I was kind of a punch to the gut because we had just a month and a half ago, essentially two months ago, talked about me going part-time in the fall. So I was like, okay, I guess, yeah, okay. So I go part-time, which means I lose my health insurance. I lose certain benefits. So of course, immediately text Jesse. I'm like, hey, got some news. I'm going part-time starting June 1st. Now, thankfully, literally two to three weeks before this, Jesse and I sat down because, and I told him, we were both, I'm like, you know what? I have a feeling I might be going part-time. And I was like, I don't know. I was actually very unhappy at work, just not very fulfilled. I wasn't busy and I like being busy and it just, it wasn't fulfilling for me anymore. And I said, I don't know, like we aren't signing up projects. And so I said, so we sat down and Jesse's like, okay, we got to figure out if you lose your job, are we going to be okay financially? So we sat down, we looked at all our expenses and based off of his salary, yes, we could make it for a few months. Obviously we'd have to cut down on a lot of things. And during that week, actually, when I was told I won't, you know, I was going part time. I was about to book tickets, uh, flights to see my sister in Boston in the fall. And I immediately called her and was like, hey, just got news literally today. I'm going part time. I said, I just don't know what the financial future is going to look like short term. I'm sorry, we're going to have to move the travel. So that that really sucked um, to make that phone call. But thankfully, two to three weeks before this, we knew where we were budget wise. So like I already knew I wasn't freaking out like, oh my gosh, how are we going to pay rent next month? Or how are we going to, you know, are we going to pay the bills? Like, you know, is everything going to be covered? Like we had, we actually had a number and a good feeling. So I highly recommend before you kind of start thinking about this and especially before you tell anybody that you're going to be able to go on your own or you want to go on your own or you're going to go part-time, I highly, highly recommend doing kind of a calculation count to figure out can you swing it for however many months and just pretend you have no income? And that made me feel better, less pressure as well to not have to say yes to every job as well. I mean, of course, at the beginning, I am going to, I was very, I mean, that's how I was getting referrals. I was like, yeah, this no job is too small for me at this point. But it did light a little fire under my butt when I realized I'm going part time and now I'll have to, you know, make up that, that money by getting my own projects, but also knowing in the back of my mind, 
we aren't going to be, you know, having like to be evicted or whatever, not being able to pay bills because we knew I've also had money in savings and I was saving pretty aggressively actually throughout March and April. I actually did a challenge that my friend told me about, which is it's a hundred day challenge. And so you have envelopes and you note it one through 100 and every day you pick a random envelope and then whatever that envelope number is. So let's say you've got you know, day 27, you put $27 into it. And after those 100 days, you will have $5,050. Freaking genius, <laughs> I thought. So I started doing that and I was able to save up. By the time I got to this point, I had saved up almost almost $3,000. I was about almost, no, I was like $2,800. I was a little past halfway and then this was dropped in me. And so I was like, okay, well, <laughs> savings got, I got more cushion than I would have had I been saving what I was regularly just kind of dropping in savings, you know, a couple hundred dollars a month, but nothing really like aggressively as this. So that's a great tool to t- also to save money with. But anyway, so the day I was told, I was going part-time. So I told Jesse, I was like, man, okay. I was like, but I don't know what part-time means. And my boss didn't really explain to me because I was like, so part-time. He's like, well, whatever projects you're working on, you're going to kind of like, you know, work on those and we'll have you in the office, X, you know, X, you know, figure out what days you can come into the office. And so I was like, okay. Anyway, so that conversation just kind of was a shock. I didn't have as many questions to ask. I was like, okay, well, I need to just like sit with this and figure out what the heck just happened. So we ended up actually that night when I came home, Jesse and I went out to dinner to celebrate because I was, we both were like, you know what? We know financially we can make this. It's kind of a surprise. It came way sooner than we had anticipated. We thought this would be a fall of 2023 transition. So it's a you know late spring of 2023 plan. So we're like, okay, let's celebrate though, because I had been so unhappy. I had been so unfulfilled that we ended up going out celebrating. We had really good tacos at this brewery right here in our town. And it was just, so we ended up turning the evening around. It was just a really nice, nice time celebrating. But then it hit me the following morning when I woke up, like, oh my gosh, I have less than two weeks to figure my shit out. So what's the first thing I did? healthcare. I immediately called. I'm like, I'm not going to shop around and figure out what healthcare company I want. If you're listening from this outside of the United States, you probably know that the U.S. has a really fucked up healthcare system and it's absolutely excruciatingly difficult to work with. So anyway, after about six hours on the phone with healthcare, I was able to get healthcare insurance. It took me about three days. I had to get a letter from my employer saying that I was essentially, I said, terminated. And so I went up to my boss the following day and I said, hey, I'm getting health insurance and I need you to put together a letter saying that essentially I'm being terminated. He's like, well, no, you're going. I said, no, it doesn't. According to the health insurance company, they need to know why am I jumping in last minute? Because there's periods of time throughout the year that insurance companies, I guess, have like open enrollment. So you can go on to this, you know, change your insurance and go with them. But I was in a time period that was not open enrollment. So I just had to jump on as soon as I could. And so I did. It took three days. I barely made the window to get to June 1st to be able to be covered on June 1st. So very, very, very stressful. Like I said, it was about like six hours or so of phone calls and checking in, making sure I was covered for the right stuff. So I got health insurance, so medical, I got dental, and I got eye vision because I wear contacts. 
And thankfully, I had just gotten a new night guard retainer. I had just gotten new contacts. I had just gotten new glasses. So honestly, that's all was taken care of. So thankfully, all of that's been taken care of. So I did go a little lower on the dental and vision for the time being, just so I could really figure everything out. And so I got healthcare insurance, got all that, got everything figured out, retirement stuff that got put on hold. So all sorts of things. But the last two weeks that I was at my company or at at the company I used to work for were absolutely stressful and intense. It was a lot of like just figuring it out. And to be honest, there wasn't really a plan put in place for my transition to occur. So that was very, very frustrating. So that's all I'll say to that. If you sign up for my newsletter, you know, I'll I'll vent a little bit more on there. But that came out already this month. So tune in next month and then you'll get a little more back behind the scenes on the entrepreneurship journey. But yeah, so anyway, that kind of really propelled my entrepreneurship journey to be, you know, working by myself for myself. And yeah, it thankfully I had, you know, the the few projects lined up and meeting with clients and things like that. And I actually, instead of using a portfolio pieces to show the clients, I told my boss, well, now since I'm leaving, I would like to use the clients, these really sweet couple, I'm working on their project. I said, I'd like to use them as a reference. Oh no, he mentioned it. He said this, he's like, oh, this project, he's like, oh, these would be a great reference for you. And he mentioned it. So I said, okay, great. I'm going to use them as a reference. Is it okay? Can you talk to them first? Because I'm going to make a phone call tomorrow to let them know before my Monday meeting that I need to, that I'm going to refer them as clients, as reference on how I work, how well I work. So I was able to actually get references, which was absolutely great because these clients, we had, we ended up having a phone call together. They were so sweet and so supportive. And that's something throughout like the last few weeks, the amount of support I have received from not only clients and colleagues and family, but the network I've started to kind of create over the last few months has just been absolutely like I'm just floored by how much support I have received and how many people are like, you're going to do great. I believe in you. Like it was just, you know, just, I was floored by how much support I got and believe it or not, I actually got a job (laughs) from this podcast, which blows me away. So Ben Norkin, who was on the podcast last week, I ended up writing him. So I was getting stuff ready for his episode. And I was like, hey, don't forget to send me a photo. I said, by the way, you know, listening to your podcast episode really helped me because, you know, we talk about entrepreneurship. And I said, you know, I pretty much got laid off, which we'll come back to that. But I was like, I pretty much got laid off. So I'm I'm on my own and kind of gave him a little update on that. And he pretty much like within an hour wrote me back and was like, well, that sucks. But hey, I know someone who's looking for a drafts person. Can I put you in touch with her? And I said, absolutely. So he put me in touch with a woman in Florida and she and I have met. She has already had me on as her drafts person. So I actually know I've got another source of income. And that's one thing with, you know, in architecture is you don't want to really at the beginning niche yourself into being like, well, I'm only going to do my own projects because those are going to be far and few in between sometimes unless, you know, you're constantly marketing yourself. So it's good to have some sort of income where you can kind of rely on, whether that's passive income, if you have, you know, sort of like a workbook online or something or setting material. You know, there's so many architects like Ben who put together like Hyperfine 
to as like a passive income and so yeah I reached out to him so through him I was able to get connected with another architect and she's amazing and we've already met and like I said I've already got a project with her so just it was amazing how many connections I was able to get through even this podcast I mentioned I got laid off when I wrote Ben and I pretty much got laid off throughout the two weeks. Like I said, there was really no plan for me to transition out. It was kept being told you're going to be part-time. You're going to be part-time. When I asked what part-time was, well, we'll call you when we need you. And, you know, maybe you can come in and I'm like, well, I can work remotely. Like, so really there was nothing in the end that was established. Unfortunately, I'm very disappointed on how the transition transpired because really two weeks was, I mean, essentially it was, yeah, I got let go, laid off, fired, which I have to say, I never in my life thought I would ever get fired. And I know I've read things about people who say, you know, once in your life, you should experience getting laid off or fired. And I was like, well, I've never, how is that going to happen to me? Especially I was like, well, after this job, I'll be working for myself and I'm not going to fire myself. So it's actually been really, really interesting on how I've handled it. And, you know, I had some people like a friend message me how I've been handling with so much grace. And even Jesse is like the last two weeks, like you have handled this transition so well. You have really like, he's like, I'm so proud of you. Like you have still been going to work every day, showing up, giving your best, because I know so many people in this situation probably would have been like, well, you know what? Fuck you. Like, I'm laid off. Like, see ya. I easily could have walked out of there even earlier, but I didn't because I just, yeah, that's not how how I was raised. And that's not my personality too, to just kind of, you know, I feel like I do have a passive aggressive <laughs> approach to things when I'm upset. But yeah, I think I really, I'm really proud of myself, how I handled this with grace and how I was able to handle this so maturely and and really just, I mean, you know, I cried a lot the first few days, not at work, but just once it started, like, you know, once I started told a few people and then just really realizing like I'm going off on my own. Oh my gosh. So that, that was definitely, so yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say I wasn't emotional, but it was, it was definitely a, whew, just propelled me faster. And so, yeah, so here we are. I've had two full days of working as for KBA. Both days I was swamped with stuff to do, which was amazing. I was able to get a, the drafting job. So I'm a drafter on the side for this architect in Florida. And I've actually learned so much from her already in just having two phone calls and seeing how she draws. And she did something in AutoCAD that I've never seen before. And so I've actually been really learning, which has been great. And this was such a great opportunity. And so, yeah, so working for her, I just have a project signed up. I have insurance for my insurance. So architects in the state of California, we have to have two insurances, general liability, which covers essential, just general, like if someone trips and falls in your office and they can't sue you, they, you know, they sue you, that covers it. And also you have to have car insurance, which I've already had car insurance. And on top of that, you also have the option to get your E&O insurance, which is your errors and emissions insurance, which covers your drawings. So if there's any errors in your drawings, for example, now get this, I was able to get insurance for my company in 22 minutes. In a 22 minute phone call, I got insurance for my company. 
health insurance was at least six hours of phone calls of filling. I mean, I'm not, I didn't even t- can't even think about the time I spent emailing, getting stuff figured out, getting things printed, getting things sent over. That's wild. That was probably, that's probably the craziest, wildest thing that's like, I can't comprehend like in 22 minutes, I was able to get two insurance policies for my business, but to get healthcare, it took six hours and like three days worth of just hard work and really pushing and pushing for people to get stuff to me on time so I could get in the window. So I think I covered everything. That was a lot. But yeah, that's kind of what the first few months of my entrepreneurship journey have been. I'm going to have to title this somehow as not a how to start entrepreneurship, but just kind of talking about my journey and like some of the things that have happened and how it came to this moment. But yeah, it happened sooner than I thought, but I'm really proud of everything I have set up, how I I'm so grateful. And I said this in the episode about growth. Like I planted those seeds, you know, in February, in March, everything. So thank God when this happened, I was pretty much ready to, I was already meeting with potential clients. So it kind of happened well, you know, didn't happen on my timeline, which kind of frustrates me because I like to be in control, but it happened and just went with the flow and just got to keep moving forward and pressing on. And I am, well, I love my new boss. So she's pretty cool, which has been fun to like say. So, but yeah, that's kind of what this last few months has been. And I know I've been sharing a little bit about it on social media and my newsletter and everything, but that's it. Entrepreneurship. It's definitely, oh yeah, I didn't get to mention my meltdown about setting up an email. There's just a lot. It's definitely highs, high highs, low lows, what everybody says about being an entrepreneur and you know, you don't work nine to five anymore. You work 24 seven and it is so true, but I don't think I'd have it any other way. Like I sat down to work on something for myself and like, I'm so excited and it's so much different when it's your own, when it's your own project and it's your name and your company and you're doing it however you want. That's awesome. It's really cool. So Yeah, I encourage you, if you have thought about being an entrepreneur, go for it. It's so worth it. Although I'm on day two officially, (laughs) day three technically. I guess, yeah, because now weekends don't even count. So I'm on day three of working at KBA and it's been great. I mean, I got... It's been great. I have two jobs now. So two project, you know, a project of my own and a and a CAD drafting project that I'm excited to work on, excited to learn, you know, they build so differently in Florida than they do in California. So it's very interesting to learn. But yeah, so now Jesse says I'm bi-coastal, so that's really cool. And yeah, I gosh, crazy. Excited for this next chapter. I'm really glad. I'm also glad I'm recording this because I know in a year it's going to be probably hilarious to listen to. Think about me having like meltdowns about you know emails and how much it was frustrating to deal with insurance when, yeah, a year from now it's going to be totally different because a year ago now I had failed PDD for the fourth time. I was absolutely devastated. I didn't think I'd ever get licensed and here I am with my own company. So so much can change within a year. So I'm glad I'm documenting this. And thank you so much for listening because I know this episode went a tad bit longer than usual, but I just had so much to share. So much has happened in the last few months and I wanted to dedicate an episode to it. And in a few months, I'll do another check-in about how entrepreneurship is going. You know, hopefully you had some laughs at this. And if you are an entrepreneur a few years, you know, ahead of me, I'm sure you probably are like, yeah, I remember this or I remember that. So 
hopefully I gave you a moment to kind of look back at your own journey as well. And not only an architecture entrepreneur, but any entrepreneur out there listening. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. And if you liked it, please give it a heart or thumbs up and click the follow button so you can stay up to date on the latest episodes. You can also follow me on Instagram at from the honeycomb podcast. And if you'd like to support the show, there is a patron link in the show notes. I am That's another sort of passive income as an entrepreneur there with the podcast. But if you'd love to support the show, please do so following the patron link. And as I mentioned, my newsletter a few times now, subscribe to it. It comes out once a month. I share a personal message with you. There's an intellectual architecture article there, Vastu Shastra tip. We also have a book club. And like I said, it comes out the seventh of every month. Thank you so much and see you next Friday.